So I started listening about two or three weeks ago to a series from the Catholic courses out of St. Benedict Press, which is based out of Charlotte. Uh, and it's a series uh, on the Divine Comedy by Dante Alighieri. And it was written by Dante in the 14th century. You may have heard of you know, the Divine Comedy before. It's in three big stanzas, the uh, Inferno, the Purgatorio, and Paradiso. So hell, purgatory, and heaven. And a lot of us have probably heard of Dante's Inferno. And to be honest with you, like, I feel like that's where I'd always sort of stop. I've tried to kind of get into it and read it before because it's one of those great classics of Western literature. I mean, so often when you hear about who are the greatest of all the authors, you have Shakespeare, you have Homer, and you have Dante. And Dante is known for this divine comedy. And in trying to get into it in the past, there's always been a problem. One, I don't really read poetry very well. Two, I don't read Italian poetry very well. And three, especially when it comes to the beginning, the inferno, you're talking about hell. And let's be honest, it's pretty heavy and it's tough to read. But thanks be to God, we have these courses from Dr. Anthony Esselin. I highly recommend them. He did a translation of the Divine Comedy himself. But the teaching on it is so good, and I have finally <laughs> made it out of hell. So that's really exciting. Um, into the Purgatorio. And I'll tell you, the thing that, that just really shocked me this past week is I was listening to him explain. At one point, so the way that the Divine Comedy works is Dante. He is himself the character in the book moving through uh, the Inferno and Purgatorio and Paradiso. And in the first two... He has the guide Virgil with him. And at one point in purgatory, as they're there talking to some that are going through, you know, the great purgation, going through this purification of their sins, all of a sudden, there's like an earthquake, and you can hear everyone singing Gloria and Excelsis Deo, you know, glory to God in the highest, which we all just sang at the beginning of the Mass. And, you know, Dante is surprised, and they ask, you know, why? Why was there this earthquake? Why all of a sudden is everyone singing glory to God in the highest? Well, it's because one of those souls in purgatory has finished their time of purification. They've moved beyond the mountain of purgatory into paradise, into union with God, into their eternal reward. And it just really struck me that all of a sudden everyone in purgatory is singing and is happy about that. And the fact that one of their brothers and sisters in Christ has moved on to their eternal reward. And how different that is than the first section in the inferno in hell, where everybody is out for their own way. As I mentioned last week, the deacon and I talking about it, you know, the theme song of hell is my way, right? Like we, we got our own way. We finally get what we've been after all of our lives, and our Lord lets us have it. He lets us have what we've been searching for. Well, in purgatory, they're, they're so excited and happy and totally fulfilled when someone has moved on, when that purification has done its work. And it was such a, a beautiful insight to see because I think so often it's easy to get stuck in the trap of thinking that we're all, you know, in competition, right? Like it, we can feel like life is a zero-sum game, but it's not. That ultimately the more that each of us grows in the way that we're supposed to grow, the better off we are. And I'll tell you one little thing from the gospel today 
that it, when you, you see the Greek for the word that Jesus says, again, amen, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything for which you are to pray, the word in the Greek there about that them coming together and agreeing is the same word in English where we get the word symphony. Right? It's like symphonia is what he uses there. When you think about that, a symphony, right, of, of a bunch of people, I mean, typically we just talk about this in musical terms, but everybody, you know, coming together and playing their particular instrument in the right way, according to the right notes, it's a thing of glory. And of course, there's a great diversity of it, right? I mean, you have your, your woodwinds and your strings, you have your trumpets and your bassoons. I've always wanted to say bassoon in a homily, and I'm glad I finally did. You know, but if all you had was a bunch of bassoons, it wouldn't sound in the same way, right? You have to have this diversity and everyone playing in the right way. If all of a sudden the person who has the violin goes over and hits a golf ball with the violin instead of playing it the way it ought to be played, the symphony is not going to sound right, right? And at the same time, the conductor is going to need to say, hey, um, by the way, with the violin, Maybe use the bow, play the strings, don't hit a golf ball. You know, because as all of that comes together, there's a beauty that is there. And when you think about a symphony, right? I mean, it's a foretaste of the great symphony of heaven. It's nothing but a shadow, you know, pointing on towards the great glory of everyone being together. Because this is so much more than just a mere musical piece. This is everyone working together and playing their part and being exactly who God has created them to be for all eternity into that love. Now, we all have a part to play in that and moving towards that even in this life. And I would say, you know, as we look at this gospel, and I highly recommend when you go home today, read all of the 18th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew. We're just getting 18, 15 to 20 here today. Next week, we're going to get the parable of the unforgiving servant right after this one. It starts at verse 21. But just to see the context of this, of our Lord, you know, first of all, the, the apostles ask him, who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He brings a child into their midst, you know, and says, it's, it's both the, unless you become like a child, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. And whoever receives a child such as this in my name receives me. And then he goes on to warn them that if anyone causes one of these little ones to sin, it would be better for him if a millstone was tied around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. So that's what happens, you know, when we become a source of scandal to others, when we fall into grievous sin. And so what do we need to do? We need to help one another to grow in holiness. And the thing is, as I said, with the symphony, you have to recognize the fact that, okay, you don't just have the great bassoon player and everybody else doesn't really matter. No. And it, you know, it doesn't work that way, that, that we don't, one of us, try to stand out as the greatest of them all. Because, you know, so often you hear criticisms about church, right? Of, I don't want to go, you know, to church. It's just a bunch of hypocrites. Okay, well, here's the thing. Yes, are we a bunch of sinners? Of course we are. I will say, you know, I get to put on all this so I look pretty nice. This week, it feels a lot nicer too, you know? I mean, my goodness, I'm not sweating for once at 8.15 in the morning. Thanks be to God. Finally, outdoor mass feels more like heaven than purgatory, you know? Um, it's so good to be out here. But the thing is, it's when all of us are together and playing our part, and each of us has a unique part to play. And we're called to help one another to live that out. And I would say, you know, looking at this, 
You know, when someone is seriously failing, and notice the way our Lord tells us to do this, there's a gentleness involved. It's not like if your brother sins against you, post it on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You know, wait 10 minutes and then post it again. No, it's go to your brother. Speak to him between you and him alone. And if he listens to you, you've won over your brother. It's a beautiful thing that when we approach one another, when we don't let faults between us fester, which as the Adams Family movie taught us means to rot, right? I mean, when we have those problems between us, it hurts the relationship. And so what do we do in the midst of this striving to grow in a symphony? We strive to build one another up, to help each other to avoid that millstone, and to pray about it. And this is the thing, we do it you know, in a small, individualized sort of way. To go to someone, to have that relationship, you know, for me to go and to speak to my good friend, the deacon, and to say, you know, a particular thing, you know, be careful when you're carrying the tray back, don't slosh the water all over the place. That actually happened this morning, so that's why I bring it up. You know, and that's not a serious sin, and of course I'm telling the whole church, not just the deacon. Completely ruining the homily, I apologize. He knows I love him, that's why I'm saying it. You know, but it's one of those things where we help each other to grow and to be built up. And all of us have our different roles to play. I'd just like to say publicly, thank you to our wonderful first responders, the fire department and the police department, who all of a sudden here in Salisbury have emergency rescue boats to save us and let us leave Lumen Christi Lane on Monday when we had an epic thunderstorm, you know? Like, thanks be to God that they're there. I don't have a boat. I'm not a first responder. They're there doing these wonderful things and helping us out. If they weren't there... You know, we'd be stuck, those poor people in Wellington Hills. I mean, my goodness, they didn't build an ark. It's too bad. But, you know, we all have these different roles to play, and when we help one another to live them out, the symphony happens. And in our culture, I know, it's hard. It's hard to go to someone and say, look, I see this going on, right? Um, I want to talk to you about this. I want to help you to grow in being the person that you're called to be. We have a weird sort of society where, you know, we're told all the time, do not judge. But at the same time, if you get on any social media, that's mostly what's going on, right? Is everybody is hypercritical of everyone else. Well, with this, our Lord calls us into this relationship with one another, calls us to be in communion, to be a part, right even here and now, of this symphony, of helping one another to play his or her part in this world. And, I mean, as the, the gospel even continues on, it uses the word if nine times. So if the one-on-one -on -one doesn't work, if bringing two or three doesn't work, if telling the church doesn't work, treat them like a Gentile or a tax collector. But even then, it moves right into prayer. Prayer about wanting to come together as this unity. What we want is for every one of us to be the man or the woman that you've been created to be, ultimately, the saint. Our salvation is tied up with one another. We're called to help each other to become saints, to have that fulfillment of the law, which ultimately, my brothers and sisters in Christ, is love. So ultimately, I think, you know, as we do at the beginning of every Mass, to examine our own consciences, to look at what's going on, to ask our Lord to reveal to us what do I need to work on? But at the same time, to listen to our brothers and sisters who come to us and say, I think you need to work on this. Or, and I think this can even be harder, to have the courage to go to a brother or sister, one-on-one, -on -one, not to post it online, frankly, not to text, 
to go to them, to talk to them, maybe even buy them a cup of coffee and say, I think this could be better. I think you could play the bassoon a little bit, you know, better in this way. It'll help the symphony this much more because ultimately we are all in this together. And the more that we work together to strive to grow as saints, the more beautiful the music, so to speak, is here on this earth. And the more we begin to participate in what is to come ultimately in paradise, where we get to be with the one who has come to us, who gives us himself, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist. When we get to participate more and more in his love and love one another more and more. The fulfillment of the law is love, loving God with our whole hearts and our neighbors as ourselves. Let's pray for that grace in our own lives, first of all, to ask if there is to know how we need to grow in that and to help our brothers and sisters in Christ to do the same. We're all in this symphony together. May we make beautiful music here and now and please God, do it forever and eternity. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever.